a married couple was out shopping, and uh, the husband stepped on one of those penny scales that tells a person's fortune and weight. Now let me explain to you young people what that was. You may not know about these, but they used to be everywhere. You, know, you could just step up to one, put in your coin, and and uh, check your weight. They had a little fortune kind of thing. So he put in his money, stepped back off the scale, and was all pleased with himself. He said, listen to this. He said, look at this. Small white card says right here. He says, uh, I'm energetic, I'm bright, and resourceful. What do you think of that? She said, yeah, and they didn't get your weight right either. <laughs> Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes when somebody just holds you accountable to the truth, it's not so good. It's like the man who went to the doctor and he said, okay, doc, he says, just give it to me straight. I'm a big boy. You know, I know something's wrong with me. Just tell me in plain English what's wrong with me. He says, okay, basically, you're just really lazy. <laughs> and he says, okay, well then, what's the technical medical term for that so I can tell my wife? Sometimes the truth hurts even when it's something we'd like to avoid. Most of the time, however, the truth helps. And so today we want to talk about the truth. The truth helps us see things that we really may not see for some reason, for some one reason or another. It helps us to see things as they really are, not as we want them to be. Do you like the truth? Do you want the truth? The idea of truth is... Uh, Something that's kind of fallen into disrepute today, isn't it? The idea of absolute truth, unchanging truth, is suspect, if not totally rejected today. People want truth to be something that changes according to the whims of their day, of, of their generation. Something that changes with the time, something that is flexible, something that is adaptive. That way, no one needs to be held accountable to the truth. People want to believe whatever they want to believe as long as they want to believe it. As long as they're not going out and hurt somebody, they'll say, as long as they're not just creating havoc in somebody's life, they want to be able to say, you have your truth, I'll have my truth, and everybody will be satisfied. But the fact is, truth is truth. True, truth is true. It's always true. It's constant. It, it doesn't change. None of us has the privilege of rewriting what God has said is true. God established in the very beginning of this creation called this universe. Truth is constant. Let me ask you this. Is there good and bad in this world? Of course there is. Uh, how do you know that? How do you know what's good and what is bad? Is there right and wrong in this world? Of course there is. How do you know what is right and what is wrong? How do we know what is good? Who told us? Does it ever change? Imagine a world where there is no truth established. There is no truth that you can count on. Imagine a world where everything that we think is true is subject to change. Now I want you to imagine such a world for a moment. A world that does not contain truth. I want you to think with me about a world where all truth is changeable, relative. What kind of a world would that be? What would it be like if there were no standards, there were no rules for anybody? Imagine a world where everybody could do whatever they wanted to do. Think about it. You get in your car, and you're going to drive wherever you want to drive, and there are no rules. 
No certain side of the road you need to drive on. You come to a, a stop sign or stop light. Some people are stopping, some people are not. Maybe there's not even a stop sign there. You're just kind of, you know, looking around. What are everybody else doing? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You know, imagine if every driver could decide which side of the road they want to drive on. Well, they want to drive right down the middle. And what speed they want to go at, it, it doesn't matter. What would life be like? It would just be total chaos to try and get out in your car. What if people could steal whatever they wanted to steal, that, that nobody's possessions you know, were regarded as their own unless they could just somehow manage to hold on to them? What if taking somebody else's stuff was not a crime? And so everybody just builds this fortress, you know, and tries to protect what they have, and it ends up being kind of the survival of the fittest, doesn't it? You know, whoever's the strongest person, he can hold on to the stuff because nobody else is strong enough to take it from him. What if there were no laws regarding marriage and family structure? What if there were no laws regarding sexuality? What if someone decided to change the definitions that have stood for thousands of thousands? Oh, somebody already did that didn't they? And it's making a mess of things. Because we're fooling with something that has been true for so long, and now we say, that's not true. Here's one. What if no one had to pay taxes? Ooh, that sounds good. No taxes, no tax law. No April 15th. But on the other side of that, there's no government services either. There's no police there's no fire. There's nobody come to your rescue. Nobody to protect you from the criminals in society. Nobody to pick up the broken pieces of your life now in social services or whatever government agency may be there. So this is not a very pretty scene. Now let me put it a different way. Let's imagine this morning that I had a stack of different documents and books up here. And the first one I pick up is the DMV manual and learn how to drive. And it's got all these things, this is what you're supposed to do, this is how you're supposed to obey certain laws or whatever, and I just tear it up and throw it in the trash. Okay? And then I pick up a building code book, and they're usually this great big heavy thing, it got all these different codes for your certain county and state and everything, and I tear pages out of that. That doesn't matter, build it however you want, don't have to build it safe, and you don't have to be sure of foundations or anything. Just do whatever you want. Do it the cheapest way possible if that's what you want. And then maybe I pull out a map. A map of any place of your choice. And I rip that map to shreds. It doesn't matter what the map shows. You get there however you want. You make up a place when you get there. It's your freedom to do whatever you want. Or maybe we pull out an English textbook. We say, you can talk any way you want. Oh, well, Americans already do that. So it doesn't matter about the English textbook. But then let's say I get to the end of all these books. At the bottom is a Bible. And I take out the Bible and I say, let's rip this thing in half. And now you're upset. Now you're angry. Preacher, what are you doing? You know, I, I thought about actually tearing one of these ones that's really messed up already for shock value, but I'd probably get fired for that. If I didn't want to get fired today, maybe next week, but not today. And so I didn't do it. But imagine if suddenly everything that we said, we believe this, we, we stand for this, this is the truth. And suddenly, we just rip it all up and say, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want with it. And you say, you can't mess with that Bible. You know, that's God's revelation. That, that's, that's different than the other books. Okay, take, take your shot at those other things, but don't mess with that. 
we have different things. We have a, a plumb line, and we have a yardstick, and we have a lever. Why do we have such devices in our world? Why do they matter? What difference do they make? Because when you're building something, these things are really helpful to you because if you don't, things are going to fall down or fall apart and things are going to happen to people. And you want to build your certain way and say a foot is 12 inches and somebody else says, no, it's really 14 inches. And somebody else says, well, I don't really like your inches anyhow. And so we just have all this argument over what the standards are, what the rules are. But life cannot be lived that way. Think about a society in which parents no longer teach their children right and wrong. Imagine a world where every parent says, you know, I really don't want to impose my values and my standards on my children. Let's just let them figure it out for themselves. Let them, let them decide for themselves what the standards are, what the values are, what morality is. How ridiculous would that be for parents to raise their children that way? The disastrous consequence of all these things is that without absolutes, without truth, the world would quickly become a place of unbounded cruelty, chaos, and anarchy. There are even natural laws. We, we may choose to ignore. We may choose to disregard. We can say we will defy them, but we will only hurt ourselves. Imagine the guy says, I don't want to believe in gravity. So he jumps off a 10-story building. And if he survives it, he wakes up to realize, you know, I can't really mess with that one, can I? It's true, even if I don't want it to be true. Certain things need to happen in order to sustain life. I was thinking about that this week. You know, it's so hot out there watering plants just so they wouldn't die. But what if I just decided in my mind, plants don't really need water. You know, I, I, I don't have time for this. This is too, too difficult to keep watering these things. They would have died. They would have shriveled up and died because there are laws, natural laws that we cannot violate. There are also spiritual laws, laws about eternity that God has put in place. And even the idea, the philosophy, the belief in God himself is changeless, unchangeable. Now, we may say, as man has said, there are many gods, or there are no gods. But there is still one true God, and man can't do anything about that except eventually, hopefully, acknowledge that. And realize that the God who made him is the God that he should serve and love and believe in. Listen as I read from Romans chapter 1. It says that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth. Get that? Suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Everybody knows this, God's word says. Somewhere deep inside them, they know this to be true, that there is a God. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, their foolish hearts were darkened, and although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies, 
with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Truth is truth no matter what you may think of it. God established what is true when he made the world. He said, okay, here's truth. This is, will always be true. Let me just let you know. And follow this truth and things will go well with you. We can't do anything to the truth, the Bible says. We can only do something for the truth. Truth is correcting by its very nature. You know, truth reveals. And so it makes us aware. It, it gives us knowledge. It gives us wisdom. If we are lying, if we are being deceived, truth calls for a change. So it's corrective in our lives. Truth is life-changing. If we let it be, when you discover or hear the truth, your mind is changed, your heart is changed, and your whole life may be changed as a result of that. Because what we think, what we know, changes how we live. Truth, Jesus said, is liberating. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Truth is not something to be afraid of, something to avoid, because we're always better off knowing the truth and living by it. God's laws, actually, are not meant to restrict us, not meant to imprison us. Knowing them actually frees us to live a better life than when we live in ignorance or foolishness. So this morning, we're going to look at three times that Jesus said, I tell you the truth. These are not the only times recorded in Gospels. In fact, I discovered as I started researching for the sermon, man, Jesus said this a lot. He said something like, I tell you the truth, or truly, truly, I say to you, or you have heard that it was said, but I tell you. Those kind of statements Jesus preceded many teachings with. I mean, dozens and dozens of these cases in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Often Jesus said this, and we're going to look at a place where he said it three times in one conversation. It's in John chapter 8. Now, to get there, we need to back up and realize that the whole Gospel of John is about this. That Jesus is often portrayed as the man of truth. It's in John that we uh, hear what Nathan said in the communion meditation. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14.6 So truth is a really big deal in Jesus' ministry, as we shall see. Jesus owned the truth. Jesus, you know, he, he possessed the truth. Jesus spoke the truth, as he often said, I tell you the truth, and Jesus was, and in fact is, the truth, truth incarnate. In John 1.14, we're introduced to this whole idea of John, uh, Jesus and truth, when the word of God says that Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and it says that Jesus came from the Father full of grace and and truth. Now often we think Jesus came because of God's grace. He came to the earth to save us because God loved us enough that he made a way for us to get back to him in spite of our sin. We call that grace. But John tells us that Jesus was full not only of grace but full of truth. Truth is very, very important. In John 8 now, where we're going to go, I hope you'll find a Bible, look up John 8 and, and follow along with us because we don't really have time to you know, go through every part of this. Let me kind of skim across the surface and see some things here and, and hit these points where Jesus said, I tell you the truth. But this is a pretty heavy discussion going on here. 
Jesus is having a, a, quite a conversation with the leaders who are opposing him, who, who didn't want him to gain any traction and gain any following among the people because that meant they lost traction and they lost their following. And so they're arguing with him and saying, we don't really don't believe that you came from God. We really don't believe that you represent God. And, and Jesus held his ground and he told them why they should accept his words, his testimony. And then in John 8, 31, first verse we'll look at, he spoke not just to uh, the whole crowd that was there, but to a narrow portion of the crowd. Not, not necessarily identifying them by name or looking them in the eye, but just John tells us this. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. These people were not the Jewish council that opposed him, but a smaller group, maybe even within the council, that were starting to hear him, starting to believe in him, starting to wonder, maybe this guy is from God. Maybe they were like Nicodemus who came to him in chapter 3 at night, so nobody else would know he came, and he said, you know, I think you are a teacher sent from God. Nobody teaches the way you do unless they're from God. But I have some questions. Maybe there are people like that, people that are on the edge, people that are believing some of what Jesus said, but not quite convinced, not yet ready to be his disciple or follower. And so Jesus speaks to them. He said, Think about this. If you will hold to my teachings, if you will listen and, and, and receive my words, then you will know the truth, and the truth will truly set you free. Jesus was trying to open their eyes to a greater reality, a greater truth than they had ever found. That is, if they would put their faith in him, then he would be able to set them free. If they would accept his teaching, then their lives would be set free. Unfortunately, all they heard was they had to be set free. And they, they react to that. They think, we're not slaves. Nobody's going to call me a slave. And so they react to that and they say, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we need to be set free? Uh, Jesus, why are you saying that? When I read this, I thought, Man, they have short memories. Remember when the Israelites were in Egypt? How long were they slaves there? 400 years, was it? Remember the Roman oppressors that are right there in their midst? I mean, the, the soldiers are still standing around them as they're speaking. The Romans are in charge of Israel. We've never been slaves to any man, they're saying. How ridiculous. Jesus says, I'm not talking about these people. I'm not talking about the Romans. I'm not talking about the Egyptians. I'm talking about sin. You're under slavery to sin. If you'll listen to me, if you'll agree to my teachings and bring them into your life, if the truth can come into your life, you will know that truth and it will set you free. Jesus was saying, I'm going to tell you something straight up from God. I want to tell you the truth. And yet somehow, because of this, you want to kill me. You want to get rid of me. He's talking to the Pharisees. Obviously, they just, they just wanted to be done with him. But he said, you must not be children of Abraham after all. You must be children of the devil, because the devil's after me. The devil is trying to kill me. He is the father of lies. And so you will not listen to me. You will not obey my words, because you do not belong to God, but you belong to the devil. 
And three times in this heated discussion, this heated conversation, when Jesus says these words, I tell you the truth. First of all, in verse 34, chapter 8, he says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Carte blanche. Everybody. If you sin, you're a slave to sin. That's the truth. You got to deal with that. You're a slave to sin. John 8, 51, he says, I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. That sounds enticing. That sounds inviting. That sounds something worth exploring. The truth is, if you will accept and keep the word of Christ, you will never see death. At least not the second death, eternal death. And then John 8, 58, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. And Jesus identifies himself so clearly with God, God the Father, in that that you know, some of them, that, that was just push them over the edge. You know, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm not dealing with this anymore. We want to be done with you. But Jesus is saying in this conversation, we don't have time to go through the whole conversation, that, that these Jews who said that they somehow believe, somehow were starting to understand, somehow were starting to accept what he's saying here, that they needed to go all the way, they need to go all the way in. They need to step across this line that Jesus has drawn in the sand and say, Will you follow me? Will you follow my teachings? Will you listen to my words? Will you accept the truth that I'm giving you? And they pulled back. Ah, we're Abraham's descendants. And, you know, we've never been slaves anyway. And Jesus said, you're missing the whole point here. And Jesus finally says to them, don't put your confidence, you know, in your lineage. Don't put your confidence in your bloodline. Don't put your confidence in, in you know, the fact that you're related to Abraham. Put your confidence in me. Put your confidence in my words. Don't put your confidence in the fact that you're of Abraham's seed. Do what Abraham did. As he put his faith in God, as he obeyed God, then be like that. And then in this same passage, Jesus commented about Satan, our number one enemy. Look at John 8, 43. John 8, 43. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was the murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And yet, because of the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Satan is a liar. Satan is in charge of lies. He is the father of lies. He is the author of lies. Lying is his native tongue. And he is in charge of so many people on this earth today. He doesn't tell the truth. He spins the truth. He uses only half-truths ever since the Garden of Eden. Satan has been deceiving man with his half-truths. And he holds most of the world in his sway. The Apostle Paul said that Satan has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says this, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So do you see how important truth is? Do you see how critical truth is to know the truth? means that your life can be set 
free. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now we understand in being the way, we understand and be the life. Do you see how valuable it is that he is the truth? Jesus possesses the truth. Jesus speaks the truth. Jesus is the truth. So if you want to know the truth, listen to Jesus. That's really what I want to leave you with today. If you want to know the truth, get to know Jesus. All the truth that really matters is found in Jesus. In fact, there is no truth that is in conflict with Jesus. Okay, well, you search for truth. If you find the truth, it will only confirm that Jesus is who he says he is. There is no truth that you can find that will ever lead you away from Jesus. It can only lead you to trust Jesus more because he is the truth. He is the author of truth. And it's only the spinning of truth that the devil does that would ever cause somebody to doubt Jesus. So ask yourself this morning, who am I listening to? What have I allowed uh, worldly influences to convince me of? You know, we, there's a lot of input, a lot of uh, things coming as messages to our hearts. They may be on the radio, they may be on the TV, they may be on the internet, they may be on your phone. All these different messages, all of these different messengers, some of them true, some not. Do you have any discernment? Do you have any wisdom as which you listen to, which ones you pay attention to, which ones you will follow, and which ones you are not? Or are you liable to just listen to just about anybody? In this world, in such a world, we need to have discernment. We need to listen to Jesus because he will always Tell us the truth. Next week we're going to begin a series of what we have in Christ. You know, who we are in Christ. What we've been given in Christ. And the reason we're going to do that is because the most important thing in your life of, of growing and, and becoming the person you, you are in Christ is to learn about Christ. To know Christ. To know the truth of Christ. And I hope you'll join us every week because the God of this age has blinded so many people. Don't let him blind you also. Don't let him manipulate you. Don't let him control you with his lies. Know the truth that you have in Christ. Know what your relationship is with Christ and what he can do for you. Be confident in the new life that you have been given in Christ so that you're not easy prey to this lion browse the earth seeking someone to devour. Know the truth. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your blessing would be on us today. Uh, each, of, each of us, uh, almost everybody in this room, uh, with maybe a few exceptions, has decided to follow Jesus. Uh, has decided that, that we're a disciple. Sometimes we forget what that means. Sometimes we we uh, get a little bit loose in our discipleship and we forget what it requires that we would accept your teachings we would hold on to your teachings that we would know the truth and then the truth can set us free uh, freedom sounds pretty good Lord but sometimes we try to find our own freedom and we do that listening to the wrong sources I pray today that you would impress upon each of our hearts 
that the only one we should be listening to is Jesus himself. Let Jesus speak the truth. Let Jesus be the truth in our lives. And when we do that, we will grow. And we will see freedom in our lives like we've never seen. Not freedom to do as we please, but freedom to live as you desire and as you know is best. Uh, So many mistakes we've made, Lord. So many times we've tried to map out our own lives. So many times we've accepted false standards or values. Help us to find the truth, to know the truth, to live and practice the truth as we discovered in Jesus. And may our lives honor you in every way as we do that. Set us free to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We invite you to uh, sing with us a song of praise. Let's just lift up glory and praise to Jesus together. He's the Son of God, worthy of our worship. Let's give him what he deserves today. Would you stand with us and sing for